Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. I'm Jane Donovan. And thank you for joining us once again on the couch every Wednesday as we talk about love, life, relationships, sex, and you. And today we're going to be a little bit spiritual again. We're going to talk about karma and how that concept applies to your life and how it's a useful thing to know and understand and to work with as we go through our lives. And also we want to talk a bit about how the idea most Westerners have of karma, I think, is a complete product of Hollywood <laughs> or some uh, maybe misinterpreted Buddhist texts, and we're here to get rid of any um, mis- misconceptions. Mis- that's the word I was trying to find. Misconceptions, yeah. thanks, Jane. We really want to clear out any misconceptions and make it relevant and make it really understandable as a deeper soul concept. Jane. I like that. It's nice. It's interesting because we hear so often people saying, um, can't wait for them to get their karma. You know, and it's that victim story of where I've been hard done by, they'll get theirs. And I do think they do get theirs. However, we, I, I feel frustrated that people will be so attached to watching and observing and following these people's lives, waiting for them to get theirs. And I feel that that just places them in such a, a powerless position and it also places them in a toxic arena where we just have to trust that all is well and when we are done by, hard done by, or we've been done over or whatever it is that makes us feel that we want someone to get their karma, that actually we get our karma and our karma in the positive of receiving the beautiful gift of compassion or understanding or empathy or connection or lessons that we can own within ourselves to be able to move forward and have a more empowered, authentic and exciting life where we do hold the power and not give it away to another and wait for them to get their karma. Mm, so karma is not something to be kind of used and abused, used as, as a or it's almost like a, a stick poking somebody in a cage, isn't it? Sort of um, like a power play is, is what I think James is saying. reminds you of the voodoo doll where you make the voodoo doll That's and you stick right. the pins in. And casting a spell on people or, or, you know, wanting to kind of – it's a lot of – lower vibrational energies that can come in there and wanting to be in control and wanting the rights like the scales of justice to be balanced in it but you know none of us are you know we don't have a say on the universal laws of balance and it's not up to us to worry about how that plays out or if somebody gets theirs or not you know the the divine balance in the universe is up to the creator of all that is whatever you want to call it um so we do have to actually let go of um I think there's another word for almost what we're talking about here. It's not even it can it is karma, but it's or it's it's a misunderstood concept of karma. It's is it it's justice or is it um cause and effect? Cause and effect. It's it's I think that cause and effect can sometimes be used as another or karma can be used as another revenge. That's the word I'm looking for. Ah, revenge. Now right. there's studies done on revenge which are really, really interesting, um, to to the effect that, you know, it's, it's those that let go that are happy. We all know this. It's not really any surprise. As long as you're chained to the revenge, you're chained to the person, it's that which is tied in with forgiveness. Like it's all of yes. this stuff where you're not actually moving on and you're not actually being any better off for it is what I'm trying yes. to say. Yes. It is interesting though. It is pretty cool when you actually do see karma play out though. 
I think we should touch on that because there, there is some coolness in that. As long as it's not being driven by a selfish need for being right or a need for f- that's the only thing that's going to make you feel better when they get their comeuppance, you know. Well, my younger version, when I was of me, when I was uh, in my very early 20s, or actually was I even in my late teens, I think, and uh, I was working for a friend, his business, and uh, and his business uh, got into cash flow problems. And my beautiful father came along who in those days was quite entrepreneurial and he lent my friend some money and sort of bought in a bit as a partner. But dad had to go overseas for several months. Dad left me a few checks and just said, if he needs the money, just give him one at a time. Don't give him the whole lot up front because yeah. it was a bit of a spender. Yeah. But if he gets stuck and you can't meet payroll, here's a check that you can bank Jane if you need it, blah, blah, blah. Cut a long story short, while my dad was overseas, I think it was, I don't know how long it was gone for, it was a long time, um, Nick sold the business from under my dad somehow. I don't quite understand how it all happened. Good Lord. I know. There we go. I've just named and shamed. But this poor man, well I, well, I was traumatized as a very young girl feeling that I'd placed my dad, you know, that I'd done this to my dad. But my dad didn't do it. I didn't do anything to him. You know, he chose to to do what he did. I went through a lot of bitterness. I was very angry. I ha- I didn't have many tools to be able to deal with this kind of situation. And so I was angry and I wanted him to get his. But over time, I moved on. Time heals. You move on. You do other things. And then one day, it was about 10 or 12 years later, I was walking down the local street in the city and I saw him. And I had heard that he'd gone to jail for embezzlement. Right. And I saw him and I went, wow, I wanted to go up and give him a piece of my mind. I just wanted to have my little words, just speak my truth. I took one look at him and went, oh, my God, this guy that should have then been in his early 40s looked like he was in his late 60s. Mm. And I just very quietly, not maliciously, not angry, I actually felt very sad. And I just went, I think that's what karma is. And it wasn't meant as a vindictive thing. It wasn't meant that I wanted something nasty to happen to him. He'd made some bad choices. But I also had had a beautiful friendship with this guy. There was a lot to really like about him. But he'd had to live with the consequences of his own choices throughout life and the decisions he'd made and it led him to this place which nobody would wish upon anybody. Yes. And what I did like in that moment was my ability to just go, you know what, I don't need to dig the knife in any deeper. I don't need to go up and have my say. And I just quietly turned away and walked off and he hadn't seen me and all embarrassment, yeah. all it was all gone. Yeah. And all you gone. do need to trust that the universe takes care of these things in, in, a, in a more beautiful and... It's in a gentler way, gentler isn't it? It's not so aggressive and vindictive. ...than we could ever do. And it's a bit like when people try and force the plan of their lives and they try and, I don't know, almost to go against the flow and trying to make things happen or design their future in a way that where they're not really surrendering to the game as well. And, you know... The angels or the spirit guides or whatever you want to call them have such a better overview of all those pieces of the puzzle and how best to have them all fit into place, much more than we can down here on the ground. We can kind of only take one step at a time and trust and listen. Um, And it's the same with karma. You can't just, you know, drive an outcome or think you know what's best or think you know how things should play out because very often they're going to go a very different way than you'd ever thought, but it's actually going to be the best for all parties at a higher soul level. I like that. I like that a lot. I also want to add in here that who says that my truth and my reality is the correct one? You know, we each create our own reality. And by that, I mean that we, it's like looking at a piece of artwork. 
everybody is going to see something completely different in an artwork. Yeah. You know, as a matchmaker, everybody sees something different in each person. Mm. So in each situation, everybody sees something different because this is based on what evidence we've gathered that is unique to our past, that is pressing the buttons that are unique to us because of our past experiences. Therefore, we have a story and every person will have a different story. So I also have to have faith that I, when I create a scenario in my mind, I create my reality on any given situation, that it is unique to me. So who am I to say that my story is right? That's right. Is there the truth? You know, sometimes I like to say the truth actually doesn't exist or everything is the truth. The, the X-Files says the truth is out there, Jane. I love the X-Files. And the, my husband likes to think he's a bit of mold. What's his name? Fox Mulder. <laughs> and the truth will set you free. Mind you, when things go bump in the night, I'm the one to get up, not him. <laughs> and when ugly things hit the fan in life, you can only follow your own truth as, as, as difficult as, as that can often play out. And then when the karma concept comes, you know, you might be worried about, but how come so-and-so got away with this? That's just so unfair. He should never have been allowed to get away with that. You know, where's the justice in the world? There is no God. You know, and like Jane's saying, sometimes the truth doesn't come out or the results of something don't come out for decades. Well, this was at least 10, 12 years. Yeah, but you look at even um, the Nazi war crimes, they still find old men in nursing homes now that kill people in the 40s and they still have to come to justice. And, you know, they still, like Nelson Mandela in jail for all those years, his time came when it was divinely right. If he'd gotten out any time before then, the world wouldn't have been ready for him. He wouldn't have done the work and had the wisdom. And everyone else involved in that larger soul contract of what that, that you know, karmic episode was all about. Um, it's We just have to really, really surrender to the playing out of processes in our lives, the good and the bad. Jane, one of the ways to do that is to really explore your past and how you may have believed one thing and over time that's changed and you now believe something different. And so surrender is a really good thing in this. If you feel that you've been done over or hard done by, surrender is is going to give you greater peace and you can surrender by gathering the evidence from your past that what you thought you knew then you actually don't know, you didn't know because you now know a different story. Right. Then I think we should touch on the art of forgiveness. Yeah. Because this is a big part of if you're in the victim of somebody's done wrong by you. Yeah. And and how we heal from that. And then I think we can get on to what about when bad karma's happening to me? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So many things so what, here. What, what's your take on forgiveness? How, how do you find the easiest way to move through forgiveness of, of somebody that you perceive has perhaps done wrong by you? It's that thing that we touched on a few minutes ago that as long as you're chained to another person's business actions, you know, what they're getting up to or whatever they think, you're, you're not free. You're not free. And the concept of forgiveness is not what you did is okay to me. It's I no, no longer wish to choose to be burdened by this and I remove myself from the heaviness of this and I move on. That's really what forgiveness is. Isn't there something about how the word in the Bible originally translated in Hebrew meant something else? There's a few things like that in the Bible. We've taken them very literally, you know, in, in recent centuries. And so we've got to be very careful with forgiveness as well. It, it tends to tie in a lot of things like, oh, I forgive you, 
as well, right. you know, like right. holier than thou. Because I was the one that walked the true and correct path and you fell off the wagon and, oh, but I forgive you. I am you. better than you. Exactly. Yes, yes. It's a complicated concept. Yes. People take it and mould it like plasticine to use it how they want. Yes. Whether they want to play the victim, I can't forgive him, I can't, I can never forgive him. You know, whether they whether they want to play the, well, I was right, I shall forgive thee because I stand now on my high pedestal of righteousness. You know, people can really, really manipulate this sort of stuff. I feel for – oh, sorry. Well, I was going to say, so what's the true spiritual original version of forgiveness? I mean, that's well, what I think we it's to, to forgive, forgive myself for whatever role I have played in it, own my role in it. And then unattachment. And it's the gift that I give to myself of peace yeah. as a result. Cutting cords, letting go. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the voice in your head that replays the scene over and over and over again and says, I wish I'd said this, done this, mm. didn't do that, had done that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And it just goes on and on. And some people can have that story going on in their mind for years, for decades. Absolutely. Decades. It is their story. Yeah. And they're attached to it and it just gets bigger and muckier and they get bitter and angry and harder. And I feel it's the gift that you give to yourself to give yourself peace. Some people actually don't know who they are anymore outside of their story. Their story, yeah, yeah. The victim story. Which if that is you, just start a new one. Make up a fantasy new story. Completely fantasy, but that's your new story. And you just play with it. Mm, a lot of letting go needs to happen. Yeah. Mm. Forgiveness is – I did a wonderful exercise once on a episode in my life that – I was completely the victim uh, with abuse and I realized as I did worked my way through this beautiful exercise of what was I feeling, what led up to it, what patterns of behavior can I see, can I actually join any dots here and as I joined the dots I found the gift within the abuse where I was desiring attention. Right. And That's a very controversial statement, you'll understand. Yeah, what, I do. What you've just said. Yeah, so don't freak out, people, if you're listening. This is Jane's opinion. <laughs> this doesn't apply to all abuse cases either because every, every. No, no, no. This was my different. way of healing yeah. my situation. Yeah, that's yeah right. thanks for pulling me up on that. That's good. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> so this was just how I worked through a particular situation to come to peace, to get rid of the victim story, to not want to have the vindictiveness of, of wanting them to get their karma. And I wanted to see it and I wanted justice to happen. And would it have even really made you feel better? See, this is what no. the studies show. It's, it, you know, if that person does get their comeuppance, and you're gloating, are you really happy or are you just gloating? And no. what sort of vibrational energy is that anyway? Well, it's why I recently posted on my Facebook page, uh, I was watching a show on television about the Bali Nine and I posted a comment um, that I will never believe in, in um, the death penalty. Well, it was a bit to say on my Facebook page after that. And I understand and people saying, you know, but what if, what if your child was murdered or blah, blah, blah and all of that? It's not going to give me peace having another person lose their life. So, See, the Bible's very an eye for an eye, and that's where I think karma in a really literal Hollywood sense has been misinterpreted by the right. Western world. And so it's like it's really obvious, clunky, and direct. You kill me, I kill you. You take my, my money, I take your money. You know, you do this to my child, I do this to your child. Like that's that But none of that gives me peace. No, it's game playing, and it's at the it's lowest vibration of expression. It is, it's that's not, right. That's the human way of trying to rectify karma. When we surrender it to the divine, things play out in almost a win-win for everyone in a funny way. Now, now, like Jane talking about this poor old man walking down the street, 
as a result of the dads and the years that played out there. It might not seem like that man's won, but if you were to talk to him when he's crossed over at the end of his lifetime, he might say something like, I did all the lessons I needed to do. I got the, I learned what I needed to learn. I needed to experience something which in a past lifetime I'd done to somebody else. This time I saw the other side of the coin. See, there's that level of karma as well. It's- yes, which is where people have their, their – they will say that the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to them was the best thing that ever happened to them because it gave them so many gifts as a result. Yes, yes. But sometimes as well, I think sometimes people don't actually understand it in, the, in their lifetime. They may die never quite knowing, but when they go back up, and they relook at the blueprints and talk to their counsellors, they will say, ah, yes, that was why I needed to live a life of abuse or that was why I needed to live a life of physical pain because in a past life, and this is, again, taking it much bigger now, um, you know, that was was done to me or I did that to somebody else or whatever it is, I needed to see the other side of the coin. So I think there's smaller playing outs of karma in an everyday worldly way. Yes. And then I think there's grander concepts of karma being played out across lifetimes with souls and – whether you meet up again with actual souls that you've had issues with before and you play them out again um, or you meet completely different people but you still get the same emotional hit and the same emotional lesson. Right. You know? So in this sense, we're talking about soul groups enacting karma together. So before they come down to earth, there's often clusters of soul families or soul groups that say, let's go through this court case together or let's go through this schoolyard bullying together for a few years in primary school and that's going to be a group karmic soul lesson. So, oh, so much to say there. Uh-huh. Okay, so, all right, a client of mine has, who actually is going to come and see you for a reading because I said, go talk to Becca, she's great oh, on past lives because <laughs> she's madly in love with a man that is completely incompatible, that holds no joy to her outside of she cannot stop thinking about him. He is so wrong for her on every single level. And I've said, I I I could not dig in and get where this was coming from. So I could not, find no patterns. Not childhood, not nothing. I could find nothing. And she was being really open and honest And this is childhood? the first time that I've had this happen okay. in I don't know how many years of coaching Yeah, that I just went, you know what, I'm handing you over to Beck. It's a, it's a past life Because contract. I cannot get there. And But I want to, I also want to say here, though, that I think there is a huge sense of responsibility with looking at your own karma. You've got to look at it within this lifetime. It's, it is... I do get frustrated when people blame past lives far too quickly and they use it as an excuse to not do the work in this lifetime. Correct. And so I'm really the last one to say, all right, now go see back and get your past life stuff done out. But if you've got something that you just cannot understand it or get it, maybe that is another place to have a look at and look mm. at what karmic pattern is playing out here. What, why, why have you got this irrational connection to this person? And it's so irrational. Yeah, that's past life. Yeah. Big, big time. And you know, so there you go. You can sort her out. Thanks, Janie. I mean, I see this obviously so in the people, yeah, that I, that I work with. Um, it seems very apparent to me that the biggest lessons usually that people face in their lifetimes, I mean, they're the really prearranged karmic destined ones. So, again, it's that idea that before you come down to earth, you're sitting up in that boardroom in the sky with upstairs management. You're looking at your architecturally designed life, which is a mix of free will combined with some goals and things that you definitely want to knock off a list, things you want to work on, things you want to resolve, which is often the karmic stuff, things that you want to be be able to better understand, which is your karmic stuff, like the other side of the coin stuff we mentioned. Um, So, yeah. It's all the universe is a very complex place. So things can be anchored in a lot of 
this this lifetime stuff. So definitely there could be patterns from mum or dad. There could be the bullying that happened when you were younger and now it's repeating again now, whatever's going on there. Um, but it usually ties into a grander karmic picture of there are themes that certain souls choose to work on quite a lot throughout the universe and across many, many lifetimes till they actually become masters of certain themes. So the universe is so complex and can create arenas of opportunities that we just can't even get our head around. No. But I feel that the most powerful and authentic way to retain your power is to not worry about somebody else's karma. Mm. Just deal with your own. Deal with your own sense of peace and happiness. I mean, all I ever want in life is to be happy. Yeah. And so step into the mucky. Do your forgiveness, get your, get your gift out of it of what is it that I now know about myself and maybe look at your shadow side, which we'll have to do a podcast on shadow work soon. Um, and get that gift of growth. And that's how you forgive because you are now grateful for the experience because you have obtained the gift from it. And that is my good karma. Yeah. That's my good karma. It's- so whether it started as bad karma or good karma, who knows, but. I've got the gift. I've turned it either way into the positive. It's really important to understand the concept of gifts because we're so trained in the society to just write something off like, oh, that was a terrible experience or, you know, he's just an asshole or I don't know why that had to happen or, you know, people caught in their victim story that I had a terrible childhood, you know. We really must remember in our heart of hearts at a deeper level that we put up our hand to be active participants to play out scenarios, karmic scenarios, and thus nothing is for nothing. Everything is encoded with a deeper reason for playing out because every member of the party involved gets something out of it. All different things, not the same thing. Totally different lessons can come out of, you know, one thing between two people or one thing between 13 people. They can all walk away with something totally different out of it that their soul is ready to receive. So it may help you to go back through your life and look at some of the most painful or traumatic things that ever happened to you and really meditate on it and ask yourself, what was the gift? Why did I go through that? How am I the person I am today as a result of that? And if I hadn't gone through that, who might I have been? Where would I be now? And it, you might find it's actually not, not as good as where you've arrived. You know, you're in a better place for it. Yes, I like that a lot. When I was going through my forgiveness role and I came to the conclusion that I was needing or seeking attention, I recognized that I felt that attention was approval, which was love. So I had a very, very distorted view of what love was. I had to do a lot of work on that. But without that particular incident occurring, I may not have joined those dots for another 10 or 20 or 30 years or never in this lifetime. Right. So that's how we can come to gratitude and genuine acceptance and almost, dare I say it, not excitement, but appreciation for having had that experience. And, you know, I'm probably more concerned when I meet people that haven't had any experiences. I think you're kidding me. You're really living life far, far, far too safe and you're not giving yourself the gift of growth, of of empowerment, mm. of authenticity. I've lost my train of thought. There was no, something else I was going to go. So I just met a man the other day who's exactly what you described. But people do come to things in their own time as well. Some souls just operate on a slightly slower pace than the rest of us are comfortable with. Oh, yeah. you know, well, you and I have got no patience at all. No. That's another thing we have to learn. <laughs> Correct. But, I mean, people often come to me like, oh, I'm so worried about my sister, my sister, my sister. And I'll say, you know what? She's going to get there, but she's going to get there her way. She might get there in her 70s. She might get there next lifetime. You need to let go. You yeah. need to let go of trying to trying to do it for her. And, you know, all that sort of stuff, again, with the karma, it's 
usually there's other people involved in a karmic situation. So if something bad is happening in your life, it's not just you. There's usually some other people involved in it. And it's a real reminder that at the end of the day, you cannot, as entangled as you may feel with those other people as part of the karma, at the end of the day, there does need to be like a boom gate that comes down between the two of you or the five of you or the ten of you where you are just left in your own, sitting in your own energy because you can only be responsible for your own part to play in this. Nobody else, just almost forget everybody else's stuff. I know as as impossible as that, that sounds because other people's stuff is not your business. It's not, as well as we make assumptions and judgments and that are very inaccurate and we assume things about the other person in this situation. Now, cause and effect kind of often has been tied in with karma. And people have often believed that cause and effect means something something bad, then something good, or something good, something bad. It is possible to have a situation where everybody wins. The universe is brilliant at orchestrating this. Yeah. So I don't think anybody doesn't win. And if you can surrender to that or gather some evidence from your past that supports that actually everything is always well, Everything does turn out okay. Mm. Everybody does move on, get on okay, heal, grow, expand. Even if it's, remember, in a larger soul sense, it may seem like, oh, that woman died so bitter she never got there or she never got the lesson. Or you don't she know that. Got. That's right. You don't know that, but it's also the larger playing out. But maybe that's what this lifetime was designed for. So actually she achieved everything she needed to achieve by, by sitting in that energy for a whole lifetime. She got the lesson, you know grander stuff and i see this playing out you know so we're talking about kind of the microcosm but in the macrocosm of the whole world you know i look at you look at movements social change uprisings wars um people being brought to justice and really publicly and you know it, it usually all started with one poor soul who was being perpetrated or who stood up or there was you know something terrible was happening for a while to a group of people and again it's like you've got to zoom out and look at the bigger picture so if you were just sitting in the pocket of the terrible bit and that's all you saw, you you could easily justify saying, this is terrible, this is awful, this is wrong, this is the most heinous thing to ever happen, I can never forgive, it's it's revolting. But then when you zoom out and look at the, the whole of, let's say, the next four decades of, you know, the social change that resulted, like, you know, the African-Americans in America getting equal rights or gays getting equal rights or women getting equal rights and all those kinds of larger things, you know, countries being overturned and South Africa – Oh, it's all just entangled in these much, much larger, very complex involved karmic pictures. And that is where there comes a point where I'm saying you need to surrender, look after your own stuff and allow the universe to take care of the bigger picture of how this stuff is going to play out. Because you don't know what's best for everyone involved. You just don't. You've got I no like idea. I this a lot because I think a lot of our listeners are very sensitive people. I think they're very compassionate. I think they've got a lot of, of empathy. Mm. And it can be a very hard world when you turn on the six o'clock news and you see constant, really tragic trauma Hint, occurring. Don't turn on the six o'clock well, news. Well, that's what Beck and I do. <laughs> you don't need you it. Don't. don't fill your head with but it. But every now and again, I'll walk into someone's house and it's on, or, or maybe the children were watching something on TV that was before and the TV's left on as they've walked off and the news comes on. And I'm actually, oh my gosh, it's really so dramatic. Mm. So dramatic. But, but it is about, trying to let go of what you know you can't fight all these battles no no and a lot of our trust in the greater divine vision and perfection of how everything in life plays out like i said from the smallest to the largest it's awful to have to sit in many of these things but the beauty of karma is from the true pain 
comes the growth and the change and the enlightenment. And again, I know it might not seem like that sometimes, or it might take a really, really, really long time, or it just seems like a really hard road to get there. But it's where we're all going ultimately. We're all constantly going upwards and ascending. This is all happening regardless of whether you believe or don't believe. That happens regardless. There's only one way to go. It doesn't require a conscious awareness or a belief for it to be so. And you can stay in rock bottom for as long as you like. You can stay in there for lifetimes, and I've met people who do. As long as you need, as long as you need until you're ready for the next the next allowance or acceptance or shift for, for the next bit of information to come in to move you to the next place. Are we off track, Jane? Are we still no, on No, I think we're still on because <laughs> I think really, look, in, in closing, I guess what I'd like to say is don't worry too much about karma unless your intent is to deliberately inject some good karma. You know, when you walk down the street and you see some rubbish and you pick it up and you put it in a bin because everybody else has just walked past it. Yeah. That's good karma. Why is it good karma? It makes you feel good mm. about who you are as a person. And that's a ripple effect out and, to the universe too. Yeah, absolutely. So let go of worrying about other people getting their, getting their just desserts and know that they're getting whatever it is that they need in this lifetime. Worry about yourself. Mm. And we hope that, you know, perhaps this has just helped to people to understand karma in in a less intense way, but in a more gentle and beautiful way, and the gifts that come with it. Mm. Jan, I used to joke years ago that I have instant karma. I, I think the universe has put me on such a straight and narrow path. I say that I have put myself on such a straight and narrow path in this lifetime. The minute I do the tiniest thing to gravitate off the course, something happens within within two minutes. Wow! I'll, I'll get slapped on the wrist. Wow! I've had it my whole life. I can't do. Everyone else, like the one time I rode a scooter down our footpath on the quiet street where I live, a police car pulls up straight away and says, "Where's your helmet?" I'm like, "Oh, come on, <laughs> come on!" This you know, two shoes broke a rule. Yeah. The one time I wrote nine and a half pages for English instead of ten for you ten English, I get a D because it was supposed to be ten pages, not nine and a half. Like. I've never been allowed. The universe has been like, don't even think you're straying off, but don't even try. You've got somewhere to go. <laughs> oh, that's right. She's got me to take off the straight and narrow. <laughs> Look, thank you so much for joining us today on The Wellness Couch. Of course, we are free every Wednesday uh, on thewellnesscouch.com. I'm Rebecca Detman. I'm Jane Donovan, and I'm sending you beautiful, gorgeous, good, healthy, loving karma this week. Life is perfect. I'm not trying. It's just happening. It's a beautiful day.